You know, they'd been talking about the Messiah for centuries. Everybody knew that he was coming. Everybody believed it. It was even part of their national identity. The Messiah was coming. They were looking for him. They were waiting for him. Some were even longing for him to come and praying daily that the Messiah would come because they knew that once the Messiah came, everything would change. The Messiah was mentioned as far back as Genesis chapter 3. You remember what was significant about Genesis chapter 3? In Genesis chapter 3, that's when sin came on the scene and messed up that beautiful scene of Genesis chapter 1 and 2 because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And in Genesis chapter 3, as God was sorting it all out, He said to the serpent, there will come a day when He will crush your head. You see, when Jesus comes, everything changes. From that day on, they looked for Him. They prayed harder for Him. They longed for Him. They desperately needed the Messiah, the Savior. Something way down deep in their souls just knew, just knew that when the Messiah would come, everything would change. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Say that with me. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The cries continued down throughout the centuries. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Even the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said as he looked into the future with excitement and anticipation, he said these words, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Come, Lord Jesus, come. If that's what He's going to be, come, Lord Jesus, come. We need You, they were saying. We long for You, many were saying. We are waiting for You. Do you know what happened about 600 years after Isaiah said these words? you know what happened? In Luke chapter 2, this is what happened. Luke chapter 2, verse 6 says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. There will be a sign, this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared to the angel with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. After all those years, from Genesis chapter 3 to Luke chapter 2, Jesus finally came. The Messiah showed up. God kept His promise. And there was the promise lying in a manger. You know this? Oh, 
away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus lay down His sweet head. The stars in the sky look down where He lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Advent means coming or arrival. Advent is a month-long celebration. Sundays, four Sundays in a row leading up to Christmas where we celebrate the arrival of The coming of the Messiah. See, the Messiah actually did come. Glory to God in the highest. But there are two aspects of this Advent season that I want us to know about this morning. Two aspects. The first is the celebration that Christ has come. Yes, that's what we do. We celebrate Christ coming in many ways, as Pastor Trey illustrated this morning. But there is also, in the Advent season, there is this aspect of anticipation that he is coming again. Another aspect of Advent is this realization that the promise for Jesus to come again will be fulfilled. You see, before he came the first time, they waited. They waited for so long. And now God's people are still waiting. You know why? Because Jesus is the focal point of all creation. Jesus is the key of God's plan for His people. And when Jesus came the first time, in the fullness of time, just at the right time, it was God's plan and His promise fulfilled. And now, as God's people wait again, in anticipation, Jesus is the focal point as we wait for His second coming. Somebody say amen. God's people are waiting for Christ to come again. Advent reminds us that God keeps His promises. That's what we celebrate. He promised a Messiah. The prophets prophesied that a Messiah would come. Oh, they waited a long time. But brothers and sisters, He came. And we celebrate. After all these years, we're still celebrating that Jesus came. The promised Messiah, the promise was fulfilled. Therefore, we can be sure, brothers and sisters, that as we wait again for Jesus to come again, that promise will be fulfilled. What would happen... If Jesus came today, boy, wouldn't that mess things up? I mean, wouldn't that mess up our plans? I don't even have my presents bought yet. Some of you have them wrapped already. Wouldn't that just mess up everything? If Jesus came again. Brothers and sisters, God promised that His Son would come again. Jesus said, I am coming again. That promise will be fulfilled. One aspect of Advent is to remind each other that Jesus is coming again. We need Him to come. 
Some people these days even long for him to come again because they know that when Jesus comes again, everything will change. Advent means coming or arrival. Jesus is coming again. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Will you say that with me? Come, Lord Jesus, come. We wait in anticipation. As we wait for the second advent, the second coming of Christ, there's just a few things that I think we ought to keep in mind as we wait. Look with me at Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 36. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, says this. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. In other words, they were just living life and not paying attention. Up to the day of Noah, up to the day Noah entered the ark, they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and swept them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man, the second coming. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding in a handmill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, verse 42 says, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But remember, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time at night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour you do not expect Him. As we begin this Advent season of the year, this beautiful time, we need to remember this. Keep watch. Verse 36 says, no one knows the day or hour. Verse 42 says, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Before Christ's first coming, that we celebrate by, with the kids' program, a choir, an orchestra of concert, and all these other things, before Christ's first coming, People said that they were looking for him. They even, in their day, talked about the Messiah from time to time. The subject would come up. They talked about him. They listened to other people talk about him. But many of them missed him. Listen to me now. Many people, before Jesus came the first time, missed it. Why? Why do you think they missed it? Well, it seems to me that they were looking in the wrong direction, that their attention was focused on other things. Sound familiar, brothers and sisters? It seemed like the people that, were claimed, that claimed to be God followers, that claimed to be the children of God, they were focused on the wrong things, looking in the wrong direction. Perhaps they had grown impatient. Perhaps they had gotten lazy. I don't know. It had been a long time. A long time since they had been been told the Messiah was coming. Generation after generation would pass by and he didn't come. So they would say, yeah, right, we heard that. We've heard that all our lives. Perhaps they, they let too much 
uh, folk religion or cultural values of their day creep into their lives. And so that caused them to quit watching through the eyes of God's word. I don't know. Whatever it was, when the promise was fulfilled, they missed it. One thing Advent helps us to understand is that we must keep watch. Because let's not, it, let's not let it happen again. Let's not miss him the second time he comes. It's been 2,000 years after all since his first coming. Jesus told his followers before he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. Jesus told his followers, I'm coming again. They thought it would be in their lifetime. They thought he was going to take a trip, be gone for a while, and come back while they were alive. Well, that was 2,000 years ago. Brothers and sisters, is he really coming? He said he was. See, I can understand if some of us get a little distracted and start looking in another direction. We're people just like they were. Humans don't change, basically. We're the same thing. We get distracted. It's fair enough. It's been a long time since Jesus said, I'm coming back. But that is why Advent is so important to us each year. It helps us to refocus It reminds us to fix our eyes back on Jesus. Don't you want to live like that? I do. It reminds us to, Advent does, reminds us to keep watch, keep vigilant. Jesus is coming. Are you watching? It hit me the other day as I was preparing this that when Jesus comes, he's probably going to come through those doors. At least it's the best explanation I know from the other ones that they say why those doors are up there. The only, the better explanation is that's probably where Jesus is going to come when he comes the second time. None of the other explanations make sense to me. The part, the point is, brothers and sisters, keep watch. Jesus is coming again. As we get into Advent 2010, I would like, you know, I'd like to do, if I could, I could, I'd like to go around this place one by one. I'd grab you by the face, press your cheeks together, and I'd like to just look at you in the face. Well, so your eyes, you know, you're trying to look. No, no, I'd hold on to your face, and I'd say, hey, pay attention, keep watch. Jesus is coming again. Here's something else to keep in mind on this first Sunday of Advent as we plunge into this beautiful season of the year. Keep watch, yes, but also this, live ready. Live ready. Verse 44 says, so you must, so you also must be ready. In other words, we live as if Jesus were coming today. Let me ask you a question. Let's say that you were sleeping last night and while you were sleeping, God broke through. And he chose you to be the only person on the face of the earth to give this information to. And while you were sleeping in a dream, or perhaps he even woke you up, he says to you, Jesus is coming tomorrow. I'm only telling you, Jesus is coming tomorrow. If that were true, think with me now, if that were true, how would you live today? 
If you knew sometime today Jesus was going to come, God told you. How would you live? Would you live any differently? I think I would. I hope I wouldn't. But You see, brothers and sisters, we are, as God's people, to live ready. To live as if Jesus were coming today. The second coming of Christ will come when we don't know it. When we don't expect it. So live ready. You know, we have a huge advantage over those folks when Jesus first came. Those people that had been waiting for him for centuries the first time he came. We have a huge advantage over them because we know Jesus. We've had 2,000 years to study him. To listen to sermons and Sunday school lessons and Bible school stories and all this about Jesus. Read books about Jesus. I wonder if God, it's just, I just thought of this. I wonder if God's going to hold us responsible for all of the, the, the information that we have about God in the church. And in spite of that, how we live. <laughs> I remember when I was in Russia, people would die to have some good stuff about God. Just some good material, good literature that was translated or written in their language. And we're just knee-deep in it. I, I just wonder what God thinks about that. But we have a huge advantage. We know Jesus. Simply put, we know Jesus by watching Him for 2,000 years. We know He was the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus came in part to be our example. To show us, God showed us how to live. Watch my son. Study my son. Follow my son. Live ready. What do you mean by that, Pastor Chuck? Live ready. Well, there's many places in the Bible we could go to answer that question. I've chosen today Romans chapter 13. Look at Romans chapter 13. Starting at verse 8. This is what it means to live ready. Pretty clear in this passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 8. Or Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Verse 11. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave discreetly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy and all that stuff, but rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to live ready? Well, it means walk in the light. Day by day by day. It means walk as Jesus walked. It means walk in God's love. It means fix your eyes on Jesus. It means clothe yourself 
with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ, which means put him on and wear him wherever you go. You see, in our day, it's easy to get off track, isn't it? It's really easy. Bless your heart, Arlene. She's okay. You're okay. Bless your heart. Some of us, I'm talking about God's people here who aren't paying attention to me. <laughs> isn't this like, isn't, isn't all of this that's been going on, isn't this like what it's, isn't this what it's really like? There's so many distractions in life and God tries to break through. And we, we, we tend to focus on the distractions rather than God. And if anybody can break through distractions, it's God, Right? That's why it's so important to live ready and focus on Him because distractions come and and we're toast. It's time to refocus on Him. You see, in our day, it's easy to get off track. It's too easy to get off track. It's too easy to live our lives in ways that don't please God. And some of us are living there now. Advent comes each time of the year. and, And for four weeks, we remind each other to focus on the Messiah. We remind each other that Jesus came and Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Say that with me. Jesus is coming again. Keep watch. Live ready. These aren't words from the Star Trek Enterprise from Captain Kirk. Keep watch. Live ready. That was not, I know. There are encouraging words that come to God's people every year as we celebrate the Messiah. Jesus is coming. Say that with me. Jesus is coming. As we begin this 2010 Advent season, don't forget, keep watch, live ready, and one more thing, the price is right. What will it cost me, Pastor Chuck, to keep watch and live ready? What will it cost me these days? Well, simply put, (laughs) it will cost you everything. Everything to keep watch and live ready. Just the right price for what God is offering you freely through His Son, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, on this first Sunday of Advent, let's not keep living our own way and hope for the best. Let's not keep making our own decisions and hope for the best. Let's live God's way and receive from Him everything we need to become all that He's longing for us to become and has planned for us to become in Christ. Clothe yourselves with Christ. Keep watch. Live ready. The price is right. You see, it it was costly to God to cost God dearly. What it cost God plus your all, equals life abundant. In other words, what you're looking for in the first place. Advent. It's here again. It seems like just two months ago we were celebrating Advent. And here we are celebrating again Advent 2010. 
The Lord has come, and he's coming again. Are you ready? Think with me now and answer this question in your mind. Are you ready? The Lord has come, and he's coming again. You can be ready, and you can be ready because of the Messiah, who we celebrate starting today. Come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There's room in my heart for you. When Jesus comes again, just like when he came the first time, everything will change. Are you ready? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Will you say that with me? Come, Lord Jesus, come. As we pray this morning, I would like you to do something for me. I would like you to acknowledge who God is all over again today. Whoever you are, wherever you're sitting, would you just acknowledge that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. God's Son is the Messiah and he's everything I need. As we bow for prayer this morning, perhaps there's a few that would like to come and and kneel and pray about a burden in your life or pray for someone else. Maybe you'd just like to come and say, God, would you help me keep watch and live ready? Lord, would you just help me get back on track? Whatever it is, as we bow for prayer this morning, you come. Father, thank you for your son. We celebrate him today and we anticipate him coming again. Lord, would you help all of us to keep watch? Perhaps we've let our guard down a little bit. Perhaps we've gotten into a lifetime rut. Lord, would you help us to keep watch this morning? Would you help us, Lord, to live ready? Would you help us, Father, to to know what your word says and to live that way? Would you help us to focus on Jesus Christ, to fix our eyes on him and walk as Jesus walked? Lord, I thank you that there's no surprises. It is what it is. You tell us the way it's going to be. And the only way that we as human beings, your creation, can experience true fulfillment in life is when we surrender everything to you and walk in the light. So, Father, help us to keep watch and to live ready. And, Lord, in our church this morning, there are many needs. We ask, Lord, that you would meet with those that need you most right now. Lord, you know who they are. Go to these ones, these precious ones in this body of Christ that need a special touch from you. I pray for Sister Sherilyn this morning that you'd touch her body. I pray for Jeff Wilson. I pray, Lord, for Olivia Gilbertson, this precious little soul, Lord, that you'd touch this little baby today. Pray for Linda and Margaret and Mark Brown and Don Durick, Lord. I pray that you'd be with these people that need a touch from you. Pray for a young man named Michael. I ask, Lord, you be with Sherman Hobbs today and his family. So many more, Father, that need a special touch from you. 
we trust you on their behalf. Lord, we pray for our shut-ins, those that are in nursing homes, those, Lord, that, that never come, can't come, would love to come. Would you go to where they are, Lord, now and fill their rooms? We think of Geraldine and Mara and Edna and Scott and Agnes and Doug and Rose and Susan and Lamar and Clarence and Zenith and Richard. Some of these folks, Lord, are still in home, in rooms that they can't come out of, Lord. I pray that you'd bless them. Help them to know we're praying for them today. Father, we also pray for our country. We ask, Lord, that you would move throughout this country, each state, each county, each city, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would speak to our leaders. I pray for President Obama, Lord. I pray that you'd speak to his heart. I pray, Lord, that you'd move our leaders in your direction, all of them. I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be the kind of citizens that you are calling us to be in this world that so desperately needs to see Jesus. And you've chosen, Father, to show them Jesus through us. Father, I pray for those that are serving in harm's way, that their names appear in our bulletin each week. And, Lord, we bring them to you. We lift them up to you again. We ask, Lord, that you would touch them physically, Protect them physically, emotionally, and especially spiritually. Help them to know somebody's praying for them right now. Lord, we think of Matt, Jim, Donald, Liliana, Jeffrey, Jeff, Jamal, David, Jacob, Tony, Brian, Phil, Jeff, Javier, Jay, Nathaniel, Christina, Josh, Brett, Douglas, Sam, Sarah, Jeremy, Mark, Joshua, Edward, and Charlie. Thank you, Lord, that Chris made it home safely. We praise you for that answer to prayer. Father, we desperately need you. I pray for our families here. Help us to be strong, healthy Christian families. Pray for our missionaries, Lord, around the world that are serving you know, for you and spreading the gospel. We pray for those that are connected to us, the Wades. We pray for them, Lord. We pray... We pray also for the walkers. We ask, Lord, that you would be with the Webbers and the Seidels. And we pray especially today for the Reagans, Lord, in their time of transition. We ask, Lord, that you would open doors for them. Answer their prayer, Lord. Father, we love you. We are grateful that you sent your Son, and we are anticipating him coming again. Father, thank you for the privilege of serving this body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen.